Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Causey Consulting Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Causey, and I'm also the owner of Causey Consulting, which you can find online anytime at CauseyConsultingLLC.com. Today, I want to talk about sales calls. And if the very idea of that gives you some heartburn, I totally understand. And you're definitely not alone. I read an email recently that really inspired me to record this episode. I'm on Alyssa Dillon's email list. I just want to be really transparent here. I have not ever taken any of her courses, bought any products from her. I'm just on her email list. So I can't give an endorsement or a non-endorsement either one. I want to read this passage to you because I think it's important. This is from an email that Alyssa sent out on January the 5th, and it's titled, I Can't Afford It. Here's the passage. So you get to the part of your call where you are explaining your offer. You have confidence around exactly what you are selling and the price point. They ask, how much? Because they know it sounds like a luxury service or program, and can they really afford this? You tell them with confidence, I want to do this, but I can't afford it. This is the part of the call where a sales tactic would tell you to do some sort of guilting. You are telling me you can't afford it, but can you afford not to make this investment in yourself? And can't you take a loan or get a credit card or ask someone for money? And in the rest of the email, she talks about not shaming people for not being able to afford your program, your service, your product, etc., And I will reiterate the same thing. If you are getting on a sales call with a potential client and you feel the need to shame them for legit not being able to afford your product or service, you're doing sales wrong. And if you needed someone to tell you that out loud, I'm really not even sure what else to say. You're doing sales wrong. Now, you may have noticed, and hopefully you did, that I prefaced that statement by saying legit can't afford it. You may recall that I've talked before about a personal trainer that I'd worked with who was getting a lot of the, I can't afford it objections to his program. He'd get on phone calls or or Skype or whatever with potential clients and they'd give him the same old shtick. Oh, my health is the most important thing. I need to get in shape. And you know, like a lot of them had had some kind of scary medical diagnosis, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, and had been told by a medical professional that they needed to exercise more, lose some weight, and get into better physical shape. So they were seeking uh, my client out for his services. But then it was like some part of them expected that working with him was going to be like the same price point as one of the big box gyms, like $10 down and $10 a month. And when he told them, no, this is a completely different situation. I'm going to be really invested one-on-one with you. We're going to come up with personal nutrition. There's going to be health coaching. There's going to be personalized workouts and accountability. And the price point is really different than $10 down, $10 a month. It was always oh, yeah, I can't afford that. You know, I'll just, I'll find a plan online. I'll do something that's free or low cost. I can make it work, but thanks anyway. And then he would see on Facebook that some of those same people that had griped about his price were buying 4K TVs and iPads and new cars and going on vacations. And it's like, well, it's not a matter of you really couldn't afford a personal training package. It wasn't a priority. Or maybe you didn't see the value that he was bringing, but to say that you, you oh, I couldn't afford it, it's just financially I can't do it, oh, well, that was BS. 
And I want you to really have your antennae up for that because, oh no, I can't afford it, can't do it. That's like going into a store and the salesperson asks, is there anything I can help you find today? Well, the automatic response, especially for someone like me who's an introvert is, nope, just browsing or nope, I already know what I need, know where to find it. You know, you just want them out of your physical space. You don't want to be hassled. And you can have that same automatic response on sales calls of, oh yeah, this is more than I thought it was going to be, so I can't afford it. But then if the person is on Facebook buying brand new TVs and getting new cars, like obviously you could, it just wasn't a priority. So in that situation, what do you do? Shaming them is not the answer either way. Whether they are being really honest with you and vulnerable and saying, I would love to do this, but financially, I seriously cannot. Or they're just giving you a flimsy excuse because they don't feel like spending the money on that. They'd rather spend the money on the TV or the new car or whatever than to give it to you. And it's a free country. It's their prerogative to do with their money exactly what they want. There's no law that says that if they get on a sales call with you, that you have to close them or that they have to turn over their money to you. They get to do whatever they want. So do you. You need to think about the level of motivation that that person has, the level of commitment that that person has. Depending on what type of product or service that you're selling, how intimate the relationship between you and this client might become, are you going to be working in tandem with them one-on-one? Are you going to be asking them to put a lot of hard work and investment into themselves? If so, they're showing you where they're at emotionally or potentially just what their character is built out of when you're on that sales call. Are they going to be the type of person that decides to cut and run when it gets tough? Are they going to become a thorn in your side? They're not going to do their homework. They're not going to take things seriously. They're going to get halfway through the program and turn into a griper, an excuse maker, say, I don't want to do this anymore. Just give me a prorated refund and F off. Like you don't need that energy in your life. Not all money out there is good money. I've said it before and y'all know I'm money motivated Not all money is good money, and you don't want to get into this mentality of close the deal by any means necessary. Not everybody that comes into your space is really going to be a good, solid, pre-qualified, ready-to-roll prospect, and that's okay. I don't know, unfortunately, of any way to eliminate the occasional blip on the radar. The occasional person that slides into your DMs or books a slot on your calendar, they get on a sales call with you and you realize that this is not a match at all, at all, at all. Occasionally that's going to happen. But if you find that you're getting on sales calls and it seems to be a repetitive, consistent problem, that most of these people are not a good fit, they, it just, it didn't make sense from, from the jump why they were even booking time with you. You need to look at your marketing, your branding, and your messaging. Again, it's not about shaming that person. How dare you waste your time, my, my time and yours? What, what, what led you here? Why would you book this time? If you knew you couldn't afford it, why are we doing this? You don't want to fly off the handle and shame that person. You need to be introspective and figure out, what have I done wrong? Where has my messaging not hit the mark with the right people, but somehow hit the mark with the wrong audience of people. Let's say that you are the Rolls Royce of your industry. You have a premium product or service and you charge a premium price for it and rightfully so. If you find that the people 
booking sales calls and taking up time with you are people in the market for a bicycle, that should be a red flag to you that something has gone awry with your marketing, your branding, your messaging. And it doesn't make sense for you to spend all of that time trying to pre-qualify and vet out people that are looking to buy a bicycle when you're selling a luxury automobile. You're not shaming them and saying, well, why in the hell can't you afford to buy a luxury car today? Why are you selling yourself short by looking for a bicycle? You need to figure out what's going on that you are attracting bicycle shoppers when you have a luxury car to sell. There is a word of caution that I want to interject at this point. There are highly extroverted and social people who just like getting on the phone. They genuinely like talking to people. They like meeting new folks. They like pitching their product or service to any human being on the planet that will listen, whether it's an actual pre-qualified, sensible prospect or it's not. And people who are of that, you know, really social, talkative flavor may try to convince you that it's in your best interest to talk to anyone who will get on the phone with you. I remember when I was still in the staffing world, and I weathered several economic downturns in that industry. And there were times, you know, when the economy would falter and you would be told any prospect is a good prospect. Any client is an A-plus client. Any search is a good search. Don't turn any business down. Any hiring manager that's willing to get on the phone with you and listen to your spiel is worth your time. And I always would just sit there and cringe. I mean, I'm so glad that I like broke out of that and went in my own direction because it's, it's super cringe to me. Super cringe. Just because somebody is willing to get on the phone with you and shoot the breeze for 20 minutes in some type of intro call doesn't mean that the phone call should even be taking place. It doesn't mean that they're a good prospect. And you know, the more extroverted people will make the argument, well, it's always good practice. You never know. You could be planting a seed for the future. That person might come back and be a loyal customer in five years, or they might mention to their brother-in-law that you were really nice to them on the phone, and the brother-in-law might become a customer because of that. Yeah, about that, gang, <laughs> I'm going to put on my Greg Berent hat here. Yeah, maybe you remember his book, He's Just Not That Into You. You, you have to remember, while you may be an exceptional person and you may have an exceptional service or an exceptional product that really is a better mousetrap, you're not the exception to every rule in life. Yes, okay, maybe so. Maybe that somebody that potentially wasted your time for 20 minutes on the phone will recommend you to an in-law or a buddy that becomes a client. Or maybe they'll come back to you in five years and pay you some money then. You cannot run a business based on that. It's a high degree of hopes and dreams and hot air. It's like the old rhyme, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a wonderful Christmas. If you're trying to build a business and have good, stable cash flow based on maybe some guy will come back in five years or maybe he'll tell his buddies about me, you're screwed. It's not about shaming them or being rude. You, know, you don't want to get to the end of a sales call and be like, wow, dude, you really wasted 20 minutes of my life that I'll never get back. 
and I'm not going to have any money to show for this. I really appreciate you. You don't want to do that. And that's bad energy, and it's certainly not professional. The point that I'm making is you don't want to waste your time and your mental and physical stamina on a wheel, some perpetual motion machine of sales calls that go nowhere or just booking sales calls to talk to random people. It's okay to have a social life. You know, call your friends, get on a Zoom call with grandma. I mean, do something to exercise that kind of extroverted, highly sociable, talkative muscle if you have it. But when you're in in your business, you need to be focused on profits. You need to be focused on how you're going to make money. You don't need to be focused on, well, who am I going to talk to today uh, just so I won't feel lonely? There are other ways to ease uh, isolation and loneliness and make new friends. Your business is not, pardon me, but I'm being real here, the appropriate vehicle for that. So if you had some, you know, highly extroverted sales coach at some time, and I literally just rolled my eyes back into my head like Tony Stark in the Avengers when I said that, some highly extroverted sales coach, you know, or some highly extroverted uh, sales manager that tracked your metrics by your phone time. Well, you only had 30 minutes of phone time this morning. Was your phone broken? No, but I just brought in, you know, 20 grand in profits this morning. So what did you do? (laughs) You don't know how many times I felt like saying that. Anyway, your focus is supposed to be on having a profitable business. It's not supposed to be on how many people can I make random chit-chat with today. And I feel like one of the other things that's not talked about enough is the psychological component. You know, just a second ago I mentioned mental and physical stamina. There is a psychological component to being on this wheel of never-ending sales calls, especially if you're not having a high success rate. It takes something out of you to have to like, okay, I've got to be on again. And I get it. It's different for introverts and extroverts. Extroverts have that longer social battery life typically. They don't have to sort of zhuzh themselves up as much. But again, it's like you're just getting pummeled and pummeled and pummeled and you're not closing deals and you're talking to these people and why isn't working. It wears you down. It really does. And then you find that you have less oomph to give to your family, your spouse, your children, your friends, your church, whatever. It, it starts to steal a part of your soul. Like, I'm a big believer that we need some wins in life. It's good for the soul. It's good for you psychologically. If you're just putting up L's all the time and you feel like you're never getting ahead, you're, you're never getting anything closed, there's no money coming into the business, you're just losing and losing and losing, it wears you down. It, it does something to your mental health. It's not good, in my opinion. So you want to be conscientious that you're not wasting your time on nonsense activities, nonsense phone calls that aren't going to go anywhere. And you want to do the best that you can to try to filter out people that are just kicking tires, that they don't know what they want, or they really and truly are not financially qualified to be able to use your product or your service. To go back to the analogy, if you're talking to people that are in the market for bicycles, when you're selling a luxury automobile that's 100K plus, it's going to be a waste of time for everybody involved. And it's also going to wear your stamina down. 
It's not going to make you feel very good. You're going to get frustrated and you're not going to have enough of yourself to give to the people in your life that are close to you. So to crystallize it down, if you find that you are getting on too many sales calls with the wrong types of people, individuals that are just not good prospects for your business, the very first thing I would recommend is to look at your marketing, your branding, and your messaging. What's going on that your marketing is a beacon for the wrong people instead of for the right people? The second thing I would recommend that you do is take a look at your mindset. Now, I know there are plenty of people out there that poo-poo the law of attraction. They don't think it's a real thing. What we focus on expands, and what we expect to have happen so often is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you're getting on calls and in the back of your mind, you're psyching yourself out going, I suck. I'm, I'm not good at these calls. I'm probably going to screw this whole thing up and it's not going to go anywhere. That often becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're not going to really be there in that space, putting your best foot forward and sounding confident and self-assured and really in love with what you do if you've got all that negative self-talk going on in the back of your mind. So the way that you show up to the space with your mindset and your mentality really does matter. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it. If you haven't already, take a quick second to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review for us on iTunes. Bye for now.